In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, today is Christ to the King Sunday, the final Sunday of the liturgical year, which means Advent begins next Sunday. Anybody excited about Advent? I love Advent. It's exciting. Uh, and we're also today, as was mentioned earlier, going to baptize Aletheia, Elizabeth Austin, into the body of Christ. It's an exciting day. Christ the King Sunday proclaims that Jesus, the crucified and risen one, is King of all creation, the Lord of heaven and earth. But how can we say that Jesus is King in times like these? Like Pilate in our gospel reading, we ask Jesus, are you really a king? A pernicious pandemic continues to wreak havoc across the globe. Opportunistic politicians continue to peddle lies and conspiracy theories, stoking fear and death to grow status and power. And we have to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse's acquittal on all charges this week. What it reveals is the multi-layered brokenness and the massive disparities of our justice system between white people and black people, between those with enough money to pay for bail and good lawyers, and those who can't afford to buy that much justice. Parents of black kids have to explain why they can't play hide-and-seek in neighborhoods for fear they will be perceived as criminals, why they can't wear hoodies after dark. But a white kid can carry an AR-15 into a crowd of protesters, kill two people in the midst of a dangerous situation he himself created, and walk free. The whole situation is such a black hole of tragedy. And all our justice system can do is shrug. No one is held accountable. Nobody heals. Nobody becomes a better human being. Our justice system seems to only know how to deepen our wounds. But friends, despite all the evil done by those in authority and all the good we leave undone, Jesus the crucified one is king of kings and lord of lords right here and now. And by his resurrection, he has nullified the evil powers of this world that, could, that corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. Jesus is leading us today, friends, in victory as we follow him into the baptismal waters, dying with him, rising with him, to bear witness to his lordship of love. Our gospel reading uh, that Nancy read for us we should acknowledge briefly, by the way, that our gospel reading has been used for anti-Semitic purposes in the past. Christians and those who use Christians for their own political gain have used this passage to vilify the Jews. But that's not what this word means in the text. Um, the Jews doesn't refer to the people of Israel because obviously Jesus and all of his disciples were Jews. They were people of Israel. And so the powerful elite who conspired to get Jesus killed, that's who's being referred to here. So just a quick note on that that I think is important for us to pay attention to. But in our passage, Pilate assumes that Jesus is motivated by the same self-preservation and desire for power that motivated him and everybody else he knew. And so he asks, are you the king of the Jews? A ridiculous question. After a bit of back and forth, Pilate is met with Jesus' counterintuitive way of holding power when Jesus says, my kingdom is not from this world. 
Now, this doesn't mean that Jesus' kingdom is, not, is spiritual instead of political. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean that Jesus' kingdom doesn't operate in this world. What that means is that Jesus' kingdom doesn't derive its legitimacy and its authority from worldly systems of power. And you can see this by his explanation. He said, if my kingdom was from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Jesus has no need, in other words, to curry favor with Caesar or Pilate or Herod or the chief priests. Jesus does not need to defend himself. And his followers do not need to fight to prevent his arrest because his is a kingdom that is not enacted through violence and not threatened by violence. You cannot effectively oppose the kingdom of God with violence. So Caesar, Pilate, Herod, they're no threat. That's what Jesus means when he says, my kingdom is not from this world. It's a completely different order of how power and authority work. Jesus' kingship is not top-down, coercive, or violent. It doesn't seek to be preserved at all costs. It does not benefit only the powerful and never results in oppression or corruption. Jesus' kingship comes to us by way of his crucifixion. I love that this is a reading on Christ the King Sunday. We've got the vision of the Son of Man in Daniel, and we've got the vision of Jesus in Revelation in all of his glory. But we also see Jesus before Pilate. And friends, these aren't two different ways that Jesus is going to come. It's one in the same picture. The Jesus of Revelation is Jesus before Pilate. It's the same thing. Jesus' comes, Jesus' kingship comes to us by way of his own crucifixion, through self-sacrificial love, even of enemies, never through domination. Our reading from Revelation celebrates the subversive way that Jesus is king. Notice the hymn says, To him who is so powerful and tells us what to do and coerces us at every turn. Wow, that guy is really... No, it's to him who loves us. Loves us? Yes, loves us. To him who has freed us from our sins by the blood of his cross. And to him who has made us a kingdom and priests to serve the God who is his father by nature and ours by adoption. Despite all the evil done in our world by those in authority, despite all the good we leave undone, friends, Jesus, the crucified one, is King of kings and Lord of lords, right here, right now, and by his resurrection, he has nullified the evil powers of this world that corrupt and destroy God's good creation. Jesus is leading us today in victory, as we follow him into the baptismal waters, dying with him, rising with him, and bearing witness to his lordship of love. So the scene in our gospel reading goes on. Pilate says, so you are a king, but your kingdom's not from this world, whatever that means. And Jesus responds and he says, sure, if you say so. It's kind of my gloss on that. Sure, you say so, all right. But for this I came into the world to testify to the truth, and everyone who believes the truth listens to me. What this means is that Jesus' kingship deals in reality. It tells the truth about the world. Living under the kingship of Jesus means that we commit ourselves to telling the truth. 
We don't use words to manipulate others so that we can gain political power and status over others. We use words to represent what is real. We tell the truth. Christians tell the truth. As we follow Jesus, who tells the truth. We tell the truth about ourselves. We confess our sins. We tell the truth about the world. We denounce injustice as not from God. We tell the truth about the disparities in our justice system. We tell the truth and we let the chips fall where they may. Knowing that Jesus has disarmed and shamed those evil powers of this world. And as we follow him into his death in baptism, we participate in his victory over death in resurrection. At the end of the day, the evil powers of this world, they've only got death to wield. The threat of death, do what we say or we'll kill you. And as those who follow a crucified and risen king who has defeated death, we say, we're still going to tell the truth. So Jesus, friends, is king. He is the one who is and who was and who is to come, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, but his kingdom is of a different order than the kingdoms of this world. It's rooted in nonviolent, vulnerable love. Jesus rules by telling the truth. Jesus rules by dying for his enemies and rising again. And the power of this kingdom overrules the powers of the kingdoms of this world. In our reading from Daniel, we see that despite the protestations of the beast, which represent the kings of the earth, the prophet Daniel speaks of a son of man who will be given everlasting dominion. Our psalm reading proclaims that despite the raging of the floods of chaos that have lifted up their voice to oppose God's good creation, Jesus is king, mightier than the forces of chaos that seek to overwhelm and destroy God's good creation. Friends, in the death and resurrection of Jesus, a new kind of power has been unleashed in the world. The power of self-sacrificial love, the power of vulnerability. And it's a power that the worldly powers sneer at and despise, but in fact is indestructible because Christ has swallowed up death forever. He's taken the last enemy out. And so we celebrate the victory of Jesus, even in the midst of suffering and evil, friends, not in denial of suffering and evil. We don't deny it. We don't pretend we're happy when we're not. But friends, this is the counterintuitive way of the kingdom that we lament in hope. Both are true at the same time. We rejoice in hope as we lament. The hymns of the South African struggle against apartheid and the civil rights movement have a lot to teach us in this regard. I remember reading a story a few years ago about a bombing that took place at uh, one of the main uh, centers, the headquarters of an organization that was working for uh, equal rights and to abolish apartheid in South Africa. And a few people died, all of their stuff was destroyed. But a few hours after that, they gathered in the street around the rubble of this headquarters that had been bombed. And they started singing. Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. Oh, yes, I know. Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. Oh, yes, I know. And they sang in defiance of the worldly powers that set themselves up against God's good creation. Friends, we are a people who are always getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. 
We're lamenting. Yes, we need to. We need to learn how to do this more and more. But at the same time, rejoicing. Because we know something about the world that is hidden from many, that Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Brothers and sisters, everything has already changed. Victory over death has already been accomplished. And we rejoice today because through his death, Jesus has made it possible for us to die to our own lust for control, to let go of our fear of death, and to reign with him. He shares his power with us. And we reign with him in love and in humility and in compassion and in gentleness by telling the truth about ourselves and the world. Friends, despite all the evils done by those in authority, by, despite all the goods we leave undone, Jesus, the crucified one, is King of kings and Lord of lords right here and now. And by his resurrection, he has nullified the evil powers of this world that corrupt and destroy God's good creation. Jesus himself is leading us today in victory as we follow him into the baptismal waters, dying and rising with him to bear witness to his lordship of love. Amen.